Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Crawley. This message is by Sandra Bennett. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Um, So I just want to say here that this is a principle and not a method. So... um, When we want to pray, it's a principle that we come before him in worship, in thanksgiving, um, entering his courts with praise, etc. It's a principle and it's not a method. Because the problem with methods is we tend to take ownership of it and again they become dry and religious and boring actually because without the Lord and the leading of the Holy Spirit, the Christian life is actually really dull dull and lifeless. But when we're led by the Spirit, he brings it to life. So um, this is, I will probably repeat this throughout, the fact that I think it's really important to remember that whenever anything's going on, no matter what tools he's given us, it's never in his words, he's given us tools um, and he's equipped us for everything we need to live this life. But it's never a method. The word of God is never a method. It's out of relationship and it's a principle. Um, So why enter his gates first with thanksgiving? Well, firstly, because it reminds us who he is. Because without being reminded about who Jesus is, um, we cannot therefore then believe in everything that he has already done. If you forget about Jesus and don't bother worshipping him, then you forget that he's already saved you. That you forget that by his stripes you are healed. Then you forget of, of all the previous testimonies that he has done in your life, all the pre- previous miracles that you may have experienced. And it may be here today, you're sitting here and thinking, I've never experienced a miracle and I don't really know the Lord that well. Well, you know, the good news is just by surrendering and saying yes to Jesus, that can be changed for you so that then your, your life can tell a story about how good Jesus is and what a difference he can make to you. Um, so he reminds us of who he is. You know, things like he's, we were singing it today, he is a good, good father. So when you feel like you're going through hell and you think, Lord, where are you? Well, the truth is he is a good, good father and he wants the best for you, not the worst. How that looks might differ to what you think it should look like and that journey might not quite match what God is saying, but ultimately the truth is he is a good, good father who wants the best for his children. And that never changes. The other thing that praise, worship, thanksgiving does is it gets your eyes off yourself. Because when you are overwhelmed by circumstances and situations and you're looking inwards and feeling the weight of it and that burden of it, and it is, it does become, if you keep doing that, it becomes a form of unhealthy meditation. And that yet, The scriptures tell us that the only meditation we should do is meditating on the word of God. And yet what we do when things, you know what it's like, some of you will know, especially women usually, sometimes men. But you know that you get a bad thought or a bad worry and it just goes round and round your head. 
and you put it down, you go about your business, then it pops in and it goes round and round your head. And actually you're worrying and being anxious. Oh, I'm fine, I'm not worrying. Well, yeah, you're meditating on that thought, on that emotion, that problem, and it's going round and playing over and over in your head. That's meditation, and it's not godly meditation, and it will drag you down to the pit of despair. I've been there, I know. It's not a pleasant place, and I'm not a pleasant person down there either. So that's the other thing the wrong meditation does, is not only is it dragging you down to a bad place, but whether you like it or not, it will impact people around you and have a negative effect on them as well. So... Thanksgiving and worship also takes our eyes off ourselves and therefore begins to lift us off of focusing on our, medit- uh, on our emotions. Because emotions, you know emotions are a gift from God, but actually they're the one thing that we struggle to control. They're the one thing, a part of our nature, if you like, that wants to take over and rule. But of course our new nature in Christ Jesus is that our emotions and feelings are submitted to the king, surrendered to the king, so that he can use them for good and for his kingdom. Because emotions that are submitted to the king will actually help you, wait for it, to become that effective, fervent, righteous man or woman of prayer. Because emotions can help you to respond appropriately to the Holy Spirit and have compassion on people so that you're led into intercession. So emotions help us to love, don't they? Let's be honest. Although we know love is an action and God's love is perfect and is not a love of emotion, God has given us emotions and things like love and feelings for people, they are They are a part of that. And it's not that we're saying we need to become cold and emotionless, but that surrender to God, they're going to be far more beneficial to you and everyone around you. And the other thing then with all of that is your eyes get lifted off of the problem and off of the circumstances, off of the cares of the world. Because how easy it is, especially as adults, for the cares of the world to come in and want to destroy us and take us away, take our eyes off the Lord, get us so distracted that we end up, you know, a bit down, a bit depressed. Faith begins to drop. The joy slowly starts to seep away from us, and then we're down in the dumps and in a place of unbelief and sin, believe it or not. Um, that weight on your shoulder, if you don't deal with it, will slow you down. It becomes tiresome and wearying, burdensome. You become less effective. You lose sight of the truth. So what is the truth or who is the truth? The truth is Jesus and the word of God. And we begin to lose sight of the truth and we listen to the circumstances and they begin to shout louder than the truth of God's word because we're giving them a place. And then we begin to think, well, where has the joy gone? It's, oh dear, and the enemy is rubbing his hands together because another Christian has stumbled. Um, So you can be honest, how many people have ever felt that they've stumbled? (laughs) I have, many times, but my excuse is as well that I've been a Christian for a very long time now, since I was a child. So I suppose there's going to be many experiences of of me stumbling. But the good news is, every time I've stumbled, 
God has sorted me out and lifted me back up. So he's always been the answer and I'm still here to tell the story. Praise the Lord. The best answer to any situation and circumstance is never going to be me. I am not the answer to my problems. You are not the answer to your problems. The only real answer is God. Because without the wisdom of God in any given situation, we are then going to apply worldly wisdom, which is substandard. It is not going to be complete and whole and perfect like the wisdom of God. We need God's wisdom for every situation we face. And it's not just the big things. Sometimes it's even the little things. Because little wrong decisions can then lead into bigger consequences further down the line. So actually, we should be crying out for wisdom and discernment, which I think is in Psalm 1 and 2. Um, Wisdom, cry out, or is it Proverbs? Proverbs 1 and 2. Cry out for wisdom and discernment because we need God's wisdom and discernment to live this life well. And that's in the good days and the bad days. So remembering as well that he is the answer, that only he has the words of eternal life. He is the beginning and the end, the alpha and omega, the truth to any circumstances He is the way through troubled waters and only the the answer is only truly found in him. Jesus is the only way, the truth and the life. And yes, ultimately to the Father and to heaven, but in every area. You know what? Jesus is the only way, the truth and the life. Don't live your life or live aspects of your life without him because the fact that you're here today means that that you're somewhere with God we might be all in a different place with the Lord some of us might be at the beginning of our journey some of us might be just wondering and inquiring and some of us might be way on with our journey having known him for many years and still having to learn but that's fine he still remains the same yesterday today and forever Jesus is the only way the truth and the life So how exciting is it? Do you know what? When we uh, choose to deny the flesh and we choose to resist the devil because we've humbled ourselves before God, because we're choosing to listen to what the Lord is saying, how exciting that is because actually the truth of someone that lives like that is Whatever circumstances has been thrown at you, the breakthrough and the answer is just around the corner. You don't ever have to stay in that slump. No matter how bad your day is, no matter how bad your season is, you don't have to stay there. We have not been called to be eternally down living the low life. We've been called to live the high life in Christ and live in a place of victory. Thank you, Lord God. And a picture of this, as we begin to turn around in Christ, remembering that it's, it's not our righteousness, but his, that we begin to choose to deny that flesh and resist the enemy and choose to say yes to what God says to us to do. As we do that, even when our flesh disagrees, it's like a picture of repentance, A picture of repentance means changing my mind about something. So repentance initially for us is saying yes to the Lord in salvation. But actually when it says about daily repenting, it might not be, oh, 
oh, Lord, I said a bad word, I'm really sorry. It, sometimes, you know, it's much more intricate than that. It's actually, there's a wrong thinking process. And that in surrendering to God, you're saying, actually, I'm going to choose to line my thinking up with you. My flesh disagrees with it. I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense. But because you, Lord, have said it, you're wiser than I am. Your ways are higher than my ways. Your thoughts higher than my thoughts. Because of that, I choose to surrender and say yes to you and align myself with you and your kingdom and separate myself from the thinking of the enemy in the world. Okay, so um, something came up on Facebook this week that I thought was really interesting, so I'll just um, share it with you. So if, if you've heard of him or not, it doesn't matter. He's just a man of God. Um, his name's Pastor Bill Johnson. He's part of Bethel. And there was this little thing about him, and it was a bit like along the lines of whether he's got 10 minutes to pray for a situation or several hours, he'll spend a huge proportion of that time in worship first. And there's lots of reasons why worship leads into prayer. So some of them we've already looked at about taking our eyes off of ourselves and lifting up, up, up our eyes to the Lord. Um, but also because it helps us to kind of, we've heard this phrase before, like tune into God. It helps us to, as we take away or lay down the distractions of the world, choose to focus on him as we're drawing near to him. In the spirit, our heart, our minds, our emotions become aligned with him and it's easier to hear what he is saying. Because true prayer is not lining up all your requests, I need this and I need that, fix that and fix this and, and you know, sort me out, sort my life out and very almost, sorry to say it, selfish focused. But true prayer is actually coming to a place where we say, okay, Lord, well, I've laid all that junk down so that you can fix it, and I'm worshipping you again. I'm worshipping you, worshipping you, Lord, speak to me. As he speaks to you, you are then spirit-led to pray what he wants you to pray. Because guess what? There's stuff on his heart, not just stuff on your heart. So we all have issues in our heart, but you know what? He doesn't have issues, but he does have stuff on our heart that he wants his children to be used to pray into those things to see the breakthrough. Because God is, is not an isolated being that just lords it above over, over us, you know, cold and um, separate from us. But actually, he loves his children so much that he wants us to be a part of the answer. And one of the ways we can be a part of the answer with our families, with our neighbours, with our colleagues in this world, um, is, is actually to pray his will, not what we think. And often when, when we rant and offload at the Lord, that's a lot about what we feel and what we're thinking and what we're growing through, going through. And, and there is a place for that because you need to be honest with the Lord, but you can't stay there. You can't stay there because actually in staying there, you've not done what you should do, which is take your eyes off yourself and look at the king. So from pouring out and getting right with God, because that's really all it sums up to, getting right with God, you're then able to hear his heart so that you can be that effective, fervent, righteous intercessor 
We're all called to pray. I know some of us are more have, have like that big calling of intercession of, on us and there'll be a greater requirement of the Lord about our, you know, our commitment in prayer. But that does not excuse the fact that every one of us is called into a place of prayer and intercession to make a difference for those around us. Um, so sometimes... Uh, it may look different with prayer. Prayer can, can come out in all sorts of different ways. You've, you've got so many examples in the Bible of, of how different people prayed from someone getting on their knees and, and really like in anguish, quietly, like agonizing before the Lord to the point that the, the um, I forgot all the language now, the priest, no, it's not a priest, is it? thought they were drunk but actually they were really they were so in anguish that they was just really quietly crying out to the Lord there's another examples where where in praise and worship David was so exuberant and extravagant that he stripped off and danced before the Lord naked and was very loud and outrageous about it and really didn't care what anyone thought you know see prayer and worship (laughs) King David (laughs) not this David (laughs) don't do that in church (laughs) but do be extravagant and exuberant and life full of life before the Lord but maybe not strip off Um, (laughs) so there's all sorts of like expressions of prayer and worship and how we are to be and not one is right or wrong but all are right before the Lord because if you're spirit-led your time of prayer your time of worship may look different from one week to the next it may not be the same and there's times when when there really needs to be a ferocious passionate like roar that comes out in prayer there's an appropriate place for that you know it, it describes in the bible actually one area that says who is Jesus? He's the lion of Judah. What does a lion do? A lion roars. So even Jesus gets passionate. But then there's also that place in the scripture where it talks about God coming and speaking to us in that still, small voice. And there's a place for us to be quiet before the Lord and a place for us to be loud before the Lord. And it's all about being led by the Spirit, which could lead you into a place of quietness or a place of being loud, a place of groaning or a place of travailing. Um, Romans 8.26 says, In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses, we do not know what we ought to pray, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. That's one example. And sometimes... We speak in tongues, don't we? we? We use tongues in this church. We speak in tongues. We sing in the spirit. We pray in the spirit. And um, speaking in this heavenly language sometimes just allows us, if we're intentional and deliberate, to focus on the Lord and just pray because we don't always know what to pray. So we begin to pray what we call praying in the spirit, allowing the Holy Spirit to begin to pray and intercede through us. That's all we're doing, surrendering to, into him, like partnering with him and out of that, it may then go into your own language in prayer and worship as the Spirit leads. There's a place.
for that. In Hebrews 5, 7, it says, During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with fervent or loud cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. There is a place for submission in prayer, surrendering. You are heard when you humble yourself before the Lord. And then there's a real, if you like, prayer of integrity, a prayer of what's really coming out of the very core of you. So it's not like in the Bible, it talks about like Pharisees and Sadducees with their long-winded prayers that were really for everyone else to hear. But it's about the overflow of your heart as you come in that intimate place before your king in truth. Thank you, Lord. So it, the key thing, though, it's not just about the noise or the volume. It's about faith and being led by the Spirit. And there's a place for all types of prayer and worship. And, you know, often here in, in our church, we often say, let's give us a shout of praise to God because it's very appropriate. So shouting in praise, if you choose not to feel silly about it, because Yes, sometimes we feel silly when we do things that are a bit out of our comfort zone. But if you choose to deny your flesh and do it anyway and say, no, I'm going to give a shout of praise, the word of God exhorts me to do it. It too will lift up your level of faith and help you to focus on who is so great and awesome, our sovereign God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Okay. And the truth is as well, we know that sometimes all these issues and cares of the world, because that's what they are, um, shout so loud at us that we find it really hard to hear the Lord. And um, sometimes we need to create space for God and we need to clear the decks. There's no other way to do it. And you might be thinking, my life is too busy. There's nothing I can do. I'm, I'm telling you if, you, if you won the lottery and you were to, would you tell me you're too busy to go and claim your millions of pounds? No, you wouldn't. You can create space if you really, really want to. If you want to do something about your relationship with God and, and, you know, bringing it to a new place, seeing answers in prayer, getting to know him more, do something about it. I urge you. I'm urging myself because I get caught up with the cares of the world just like everyone else does. We get caught up with the busyness of life and then, then it becomes religion. And actually, our relationship with God is what's pushed out and we're just going through the motions. And when it gets like that, it's time to pause. Pause and do something about it. And that pausing doesn't have to take a whole month of your life. You know how quick it is to get right with God how quickly he can sort an issue out when you just come to him. It can be almost instantaneous, but it might also be meaning that you do need to give him a little bit of space to speak to you because it might be that changes need to be made just to get you out of the rut that you've got stuck in. So we need to silence the noise, rebuke the shouting of the enemy and the shouting of the world and even our own flesh and us. Our own, our own thoughts and opinions. It's really taking up our cross and following Jesus, being deliberate and intentional, um, as David in the Psalms was. In Psalm 42, 5, he was really, he was like, why, my soul, are you downcast? Why are you so disturbed within me? No, put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my saviour and my God. Do you know, it doesn't matter how 
desperately low you're feeling, there needs to be something that stirs up within you. Like, no, I might be down flat on the floor, but you know what? No, I'm deliberately lifting up my eyes to the King and I will yet praise Him, my Saviour and my God. Thank you, Lord. So, I, I, am, I'm, I shouldn't apologise, but yeah, I'm apologising because it flows. <laughs> it's not the right thing, I mean. I'm apologising because I'm going to be a bit repetitive and just remind us of some of the things we've been looking at. So praise and worship and thanksgiving lifts up our eyes to the King, where our help comes from. Lift up your eyes to the hills where your help comes from. That's what you have to do. There is no choice sometimes. Certain things we can kind of muddle on within our own strength and we think we're getting away with it. Then something comes along that just sweeps the carpet from beneath us and we're bang on the floor and it's all sugar. Oh, I'm out of my depth. You need to do something about it, don't you? But you can't do it. So you have to get into the presence of the Lord because it is the only way you're going to get that rhema word from God. It's the only way though that life is going to flow back into you and back out of you so that you know how to pray in the spirit in all circumstances and get the answer from the king. It lifts up our focus, changes our perspective, taking our focus off our feelings, ourselves, our problems. Praise and worship will put God back on the throne and take you off it. Because we're very, we think we're not on it because we're down. We're, how can I be on the throne? I feel wretched. I'm awful. I'm rubbish Christian. But actually the fact that your focus is back on your feelings has put your feelings and your negativity on the throne of your life. You need to kick yourself off the throne and put God back in his rightful place. Or allow, should I say, allow God to take his rightful place. Thank you, Lord God. It helps us, as I've said before, worship helps us make space to listen to the Lord so that we can be spirit-led in prayer and in our everyday lives. You see, at the name of Jesus, every single knee must bow. Depression must bow in the name of Jesus. Sickness must bow to the name of Jesus. Whatever thing is going on in your life right now, whatever thing is getting you down, doesn't matter what it is, when you lift up the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, when you raise up the name of Jesus, it must bow. These circumstances have to bow. He is greater than your circumstances. He is greater than what you're feeling right now and what the enemy is shouting at you. The enemy must bow to Jesus. When God is allowed to take his rightful place in the throne of your life, all these issues become small and insignificant before a mighty sovereign God. Because really and truly, with God in the rightful place in your life, can you really question whether anything is too hard for him? Nothing is too hard for God. When you allow him to be the king, because, you know, he's, we've heard this before. God is a gentleman. He does not force you to say yes to him. He waits for you to choose life. Only you can choose. He will not do it for you. He will always make a way in temptation. He will always make a way through difficult circumstances. But they're in him. 
and you have to say yes to him and follow the leading of the spirit and pray and worship your way out of that situation as he leads you. So again, this is not a formula, but a principle. But with the word of God as our foundation of truth, our lifestyle of relationship, of praise, of worship, of prayer is a springboard into being that righteous man who prays effectively and fervently, seeing mountains move. Okay. So what I want us to do now is we are gonna, we've got a little bit of time. So we are going to worship for a little bit. This is an opportunity for you not to leave here without allowing God to change you today. And it doesn't matter where you are in your walk with him. It doesn't matter what you're feeling. You can choose today to lay it down at the foot of the cross. So we're just going to draw near to God for a few minutes. And then as we worship him, if you come into a place, you feel faith rising in you, it's perfectly okay. This is a space. In this time of worship, it's perfectly okay to begin to intercede. Now, it's not necessarily, I don't see it as, it is corporate because we're all together, but this is, about, this is about personally between you and the Lord. You come to that place of intercession where you can begin to pray what God gives you to pray. If you don't come to that place this morning, that's okay. By faith, you choose to draw near to God. My complete healing did not come straight away. I had a lot of healing, a miraculous release 24 hours later, but it took several weeks for it to be complete. So whatever God wants to do in you, just let him do it and know that our timing is in him. So just surrender to him. Yeah, if you can just pray in the spirit. Oh, yeah, Oh, Lord God, Lord God, we surrender afresh to you. We bow the knee before you because ultimately we are the first knee that needs to bow is us, Lord God. We bow the knee of our emotions to you, of our feelings to you, of our thoughts and our thinking processes and every high and lofty thing that attempts to acknowledge itself, to raise it up above you. We tear it down. We tear it down and we choose to say no to wrong thinking that is not lined up in your words. We say no to the wrong emotions that lead us into dark places. Lord, and we surrender afresh. We surrender afresh. Holy Spirit, come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. We need more of you, Lord. More of you. More of you, Lord God. Fill us afresh, Lord God. Let there be no space for our emotions to rule, Lord God. Holy Spirit, come. Come and fill us afresh. Fill us afresh with your presence, Lord God. Thank you, Lord, that you have clothed us with righteousness that in Christ we are made righteous. We are not sinners any longer, but we are saints in Christ. Lord, you are our covering. You are our protection. Father, when you look at us, you see Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God.
Yeah, we surrender to you afresh, Lord God. I surrender to you afresh. I surrender to you afresh. And I lay down all those things that would tangle me up and cause me to be distracted from you, Lord. Not even just from your purposes, but distracted from relationship with you. Distracted from your throne room. All those things that have pulled us away, Lord God. All those desires of the flesh that don't line up with you. Yeah, Lord. All the deception in us, Lord God. Lord, the word, your word says that we are wicked and deceitful in our hearts. Lord, we lay our hearts bare before you. Lord, see if there be any wickedness found in us. And cleanse us that we would be clean by the blood of Jesus, that we are washed clean. Washed clean by your blood. Made whole by your blood. Restored by your blood. Complete healing. Complete healing of our heart and emotions, Lord God, of our minds and of our thinking. Thank you, God, that you are the God of the impossible and we are not too hard for you. I am not too hard for you. I am not impossible to fix. Thank you, Lord God, that you don't just fix us and it's makeshift, but you do it perfectly and completely. And you come this morning because you want us to be whole in you, complete in you. So, Lord God, we thank you for what you have done this morning. We thank you for lives surrendered to you. I pray, Lord, as we go through the week, Lord God, I just pray for your protection on us. Lord God, that where the enemy may may come in and try and deceive again, Lord, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, lead us and direct us in all truth, in all purpose in you, Lord God. Let us be sensitive to you, Holy Spirit, sensitive to your prompting, sensitive to your leading. Lord, I just, yeah, pray, Lord, that you would help us to guard our minds and our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.